0: is done. If Luke Walton makes it through the rest of the week... If I, they, I, I think it's really I hard to coach LeBron. I, I don't, don't know when... The, the, yeah, ask Ty Lu about that. I mean, Ty Lue's available now, right? You yeah. can just send him right out there. Yeah, you bring him right over. He, just he trade LeBron. everybody. Trade Korver, trade J.R. Smith, trade <laughs> all of them. It's the b Daily from the Spectrum Healthcare Partners Studios across the MBR radio network. Mike Duso from Pat's Propaganda joins us now. Mike, it looked like you were out a little bit last night, and then... It, caught the caught like the last 30 minutes of the game and then I'm sure probably watch a replay and stuff after but did, were you like trying to jinx the patriots last night was that part of the plan was that is that what was going on with the defense
1: yeah well I think it worked out perfectly because apparently I, I didn't miss any touchdowns so then when I finally uh you know was able to tune in live it was uh, I just witnessed a, a 13 to nothing patriots win and uh, it took all <laughs> the half an hour and I went to bed so I, it all worked nice. out. I think the biggest thing was Everyone was freaking out about what Belichick was wearing, and and that was uh, what I was most upset about missing in, in the first half. That's Scott. That's what my I, wife said. What does he have on? Where's his sweatshirt? <laughs> that's the first thing she said. <laughs> yeah, it was it was <laughs>
0: interesting. He had the uh, he had the mock turtleneck last night, which I got to tell you, you know the the mock turtleneck or the regular turtleneck with the with the coat open. That was a kind of a that was kind of a power move. And then in the post game, he's wearing a white tie, like. You know, Linda's. I guess Linda's, Linda's doing the some influence, Linda's doing the fashion stuff, which I think is which is tremendous. You know, you got yeah. two daughters that are models. She, she must know something about fashion. So, I guess uh, that that all works out.
1: I, I provide a valuable service, I guess. You know, about keeping track of uh, what Belichick wore. And uh, yes, he had the um, the new bomber jacket available now at the Patriots Pro Shop. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Not being paid for it anyway, but <laughs> uh, I think it was the uh, the tight the tight blue undershirt, which. Uh, you know kind of threw people off they were saying he looked like a bodysuit and uh, that was that was freaking people out a little bit
0: well it was freaking cold in buffalo last night that's probably why i, I know moved. why he didn't have his beanie on yeah i know what i was, was really surprised by that? that i don't know like if well, that had been
1: cold enough to zip it up
0: yeah if that had been me as a kid my mom would have been like you really think you're gonna go outside without a hat on huh yeah not you really, happening you really think you're gonna go outside and let your ears just stay right out in this weather huh <laughs> That's exactly that. To me, is exactly exactly what would happen. You know, Mike. I talked with uh, we had William McGinnis on earlier, and uh, he actually kind of agreed with me, which kind of was nice. He kind of made a, I guess, I made a legitimate point or one close to it. Um, I thought last night's game was the most impressive Patriots one of the season. And when I told Coach that uh, uh, earlier, he kind of looked at me with his eyebrow raised, like, "Did you take a hit last night? What's going on with you?" But this is the sort of game that. The Patriots would always win, whether it was a home, an ugly home game against Miami, or some dumpy crap game in Buffalo where Troy Brown, you know, fumbles and is the ball's on his feet and his head's on the sideline, so technically he's out of bounds. It's not a fumble, and like those sorts of games. And last night, you know, you're taking on a backup quarterback. It's a sloppy night. Um, Brian Dable threw the kitchen sink at them playbook-wise, and they still managed to keep him out of the end zone. Yeah, they gave up some yardage, but is the bend-but-don't-break actually back? I mean, did they have what Mark Grace used to call the slump buster last night?
1: Yeah, well, I think it feeds into a little bit what I talked about. or Well, I guess I didn't talk with you guys. I I dove into it last week, and, and that was, you know, the defense, I think their stats were a little bit skewed, by the early part of the season because the Patriots were really having a ton of turnovers and they were giving up a ton of points off turnovers. I mean, I think they were already, you know, close to fifty points in a season. Or, you know, fifty points for seven games, which was higher than their full season total, going back as far as I could find in terms of the stats. So I think things were kind of skewed. Yeah, you want to get stopped off of quick change, turnover, that kind of thing. But, you know, the Patriots they didn't turn the ball over. The defense wasn't stuck, you know, having to go out there on their own 10-yard line and and defend. Uh, And, you know, you saw that they were pretty good, and and that's what I've kind of felt. But I also feel like, given the quality of the Bills offense, this was kind of a no-win situation. Uh, They gave up six points. That's solid. That's kind of what you expect against this defense, or against that offense. Uh, So, you know, they'll get a much stiffer test uh, this week against uh, Aaron Rodgers. So we'll
0: see. Yeah, that was definitely, that was definitely, I I likened it on, uh, in the group text last night to like, you know, when you're single and you're having a real drought and then you, you, you bring home someone that typically maybe you wouldn't, you know, and you can, you can take that in however ways you would. And then all of a sudden afterwards, like you meet the girl of your dreams and you're like, ah, okay, everything's fine. Like, because it's like you almost got that. You, you just got the desperation off of you. You know, like okay, all right, now you're fine. Now you you you. It's it's you're fresh and clean and yeah. available. The, like the, I all with a beer goggle. I I almost feel like last night's game. That's what it was for them. I in fact I would not be shocked after what I you know what I saw. I'll tell you what. I wasn't all that super impressed with the Packers against the Rams because the Rams defense has not been great shakes over the last few weeks, especially since Talib went down. And I thought the Packers left a ton, a ton of points on the field last night uh, on Sunday, and the, the, you're not going to be able to afford to do that against New England. I mean, there's there's two major advantages here. You can you know if you want to if you want to cancel out the quarterbacks, go ahead. But to me, there's two major advantages here: one, the Patriots are playing at home, and two, Belichick is the head coach rather than Mike McCarthy. Yeah, I,
1: I think a lot of last night kind of confirmed what I. have Come to believe about this Patriots team and I mean, it's all football teams in general, but uh, you know, when they struggle to run the ball, they're you know, you can hold them to not a lot of points. I mean, it was you know, obviously in the fourth quarter, it's still a close game, even when I tuned in. Um, and that was just indicative of you know, not having sony Michelle and you know, I mean, Cord- Cordero Patterson is leading the team in carries. I mean, it's uh, it's just really surprising they didn't sign somebody like Gillis Lee uh, and at least try him. But I also think that they knew game plan wise that they were probably going to throw a lot against the Bills anyway, and it's like, well, what's the point? Uh, We don't really need to sign somebody new just for this game, and you know we're mostly going to be passing anyway. But uh, I think that that's a real issue for the team, and and I think no matter what, they've got White, Gronk, Edelman, and Brady. With that board, they're going to be competitive. Uh, I just think the margin for error is a lot smaller when they don't have a running back who can you know do what Michelle was doing, and you look at the third downs and and they were, you know, not great on third down last night. Uh, And there are a lot of third and longs. I mean, I think only three of them were, you know, four yards or less. So it's just, you know, they're not getting enough yardage on early downs. And so I think that continues to be the big key for the offense, whether they're, you know, just a a very good Patriots offense or they're a true unstoppable NFL offense.
0: We're talking with Mike Duso from Pat's Propaganda and patspropaganda.com. I think it was a good sign last night. Um, you, know, you, you didn't see much of, uh, <laughs> of Balmer, and, and you saw a lot of Cordero Patterson in the, in the tailback role, which I found interesting. Like, it looked like he was going to get taken over by a stiff breeze on numerous occasions. <laughs> but um, it, it seemed like a good sign to me that they didn't sign anybody uh, to, to take that spot on the roster. It makes me wonder if they think Michelle might be back for this week, and I didn't realize how important... I, I guess I now realize officially... How important Sony Michelle is to this offense. He he might be as important to this offense right now as Deion Lewis was to 2015s.
1: Yeah, I think so, and that's and that's the you know comparison we went back to when he first went down. It's just you know it, it, it he just adds that explosive element. And I know you know some out there were saying oh it's it's really the offensive line and you know anybody could get those yards. But I, I think Michelle has you know proven that what his value is, of course. I mean, when you're rolling Cordero Patterson out there as your running back um, for his first time ever, that you know that that is not going to look as good anyway. But uh, I think it's just such a. I mean, and it's just like I said, it goes back to basic football. You know, it's, it's, when you can run the ball, uh, it's going to open up everything in the passing offense and just make things that much more unstoppable. But I'd love to see Michelle back. He was, you know, back in practice. I think for the last practice last week which is a great sign. Uh, I mean, it's, I, I, again, go back to 2015 with Gronk. It's like one of those miracle injury situations where you see the guy go down, you're like, oh, that, that's it. We're not seeing him till next season. And then all of a sudden, you know, miraculously, less than a week later, he's back out there. So uh, a good sign. Would love to have him against the Packers because I just feel like the Packers, are. I, I just feel like they're going to play the Patriots really tough. And, and what we've seen from both these teams, you can somewhat throw it out the window. I just feel like it's going to be a back-and-forth affair.
0: Talking to Mike Duso from Pat's Propaganda, patspropaganda.com. Follow him on Twitter, Pat's Propaganda. A lot of in-depth film stuff we'll go over this week. I do love, I finally figured out how to use the NFL replay on my Roku. I don't have to just do it on my laptop anymore. That was amazing. Like, that was, that was full up. Like, I was pretty much able to catch up on, uh, yesterday afternoon, I was pretty much able to catch up on the entire week um, in, like, you know, three hours. It was pretty great of all the games that I needed to watch and, you know, try to I always try to go back and watch, you know, the the Patriots opponent for the upcoming week. I like to watch a 49ers opponent too because I don't know why. I just I just want to see like okay, so who is going to kill CJ Bethard this week, you know? That seems like a good time. You know, that's that's kind of where that's at. Um but you know, looking at this team and and kind of looking at how far they've come uh since since week 1. Um I'm starting to feel quietly confident about this team. I and, and really I think that's kind of why last night's game was, was such a big deal. That You could see multiple times last night that that defense was was ready to score. I, Landon Roberts, I think, actually cost Jonathan Jones yep. a pick six. Um, mm-hmm. And they were super mad about it. A lot of people are like, oh, why are you mad you'd bat it down a pass? I'm like, because him and Roberts both saw it, but Jones saw it first. And if Jones had caught it up, he was going to catch that thing right in his left armpit. And he was down the sidelines, like, gone. Instead... Roberts bats it away because he doesn't see him there. You know he's just trying to keep keep the thing oh, going. Yeah.
1: But defensive back hate linebackers doing that too.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. I just am I wrong to start feeling confident about this team? Like I know they still got a lot of stuff yeah. to work on in health, but boy, I am I'm feeling as good about this team as, as as I would say I've I've felt about any Patriots team in in recent years. I I would say I feel better about this team right now at this particular point than I felt about them last year at this point.
1: Yeah, I would, I would agree. I think Jason McCourty's been really good. I mean, I think he's been more consistent than Malcolm Butler. I mean, he had one of his best games last night. Um, you know, the secondary is so talented, so highly paid, so experienced. Uh, their inconsistencies over the last couple of seasons have been, you know, what, what's kind of been maddening. And it's like, you know, they're, they're better than that. And, you know, we saw it last night with, you know, Chung and McCourty and obviously getting the first defensive touchdown and. Forty games, which is you know just astonishing yeah. to me for a Patriots team that you know usually preys on turnovers and I mean and that's a big thing to mention is you know that the turnovers are, are way back up for the for the for the takeaways I should should say uh, are back up for the defense and you know when they get takeaways this defense is you know really really tough so. I think it's going to just depend on matchups, you know? I mean, the Eagles were a great matchup last year against them in terms of what they were able to do. Um, But, you know, when they face a quarterback like Rodgers, you know, these more kind of traditional passing offenses, they're very experienced against those. They know how to do them. If they face an offense, though, they can do a variety of things, kind of put them on their heels, then it might get a little bit different. But, again, it, it looks like a Belichick coach football team. They're solid. They don't shoot themselves in the foot. They just stay the course. It was a close game for most of the night last night. Uh, and, and they pulled it out in the end like they usually do. So I, I, I have every re- reason to feel confident. I think just the X factor is Michelle and the running <laughs> game. And that's the question of if they go from like Super Bowl contender to full Super Bowl favorite. How about uh, trade deadlines here? What you, Are you seeing anything or hearing anything? No, you know, look, I'll be honest, I don't hear anything. <laughs> Nobody ever tells me anything. Um, but, you know, it's, uh, it's my favorite day of the year to watch pass because, you know, uh, I'm sure there's a large contingent out there that thinks we're going to end this day. Uh, Jamie Collins back on the roster, Demaris Thomas on the roster, uh, you know, all just the, the, the laundry list of, of players who might be available. I mean, I will say I would love Golden Tate. I think he's a great fit. I've always thought he's a great fit. Um, I would also say that I would bet the farm that it is not Demarius Thomas. I just think he is like the antithesis of a Patriots receiver. Yeah. He, uh, he you
0: know. is Mr. – I like to call him uh, Demarius Drops Thomas because nobody yeah. drops more passes than
1: him so soft and in the biggest games and we've seen it Always. numerous times against the Patriots and it's like what are you going to bring that guy in for i mean and Josh Gordon who you know supposedly was supposed to be benched last night but ended up playing 84% of the snaps uh he looks great so yeah i don't see the need at wide receiver i mean i certainly could see the need for joe random linebacker like Kyle Van Noy somebody like that that seems like I had to put on. I don't know who that player might be. I mean, there's obviously a ton of them out there, but, uh, you know, look around at those first, second round picks who haven't quite lived up to expectations. Maybe in the last year of their contract. Uh, that's the kind of guy I think they need most. Just add a little bit more athleticism. And of course, running back if they want a little bit of Sony Michelle insurance slash, you know, not have to keep Roland Patterson out there as the running back.
0: Talking with Mike Dusso from Pats Propaganda, patspropaganda.com. A couple of rumors out there already in terms of maybe teams that the Patriots will be competing uh, with. Um, not maybe on players, but competing with later on in the season. Uh, Chiefs have some interest in Giants quarterback Janoris Jenkins. So I feel like that would maybe help the Chiefs a little bit because they need some help on the defensive side of the ball. Um, yeah. You know, that would be, I, I would not like to see that. I, I would definitely like. Also, I saw a thing out there a couple of days ago about Jamie Collins potentially coming back because he's fallen out of favor in Cleveland.
1: Yeah, that's another one that's just a head-scratcher because I feel like it, it, that was less about, oh, we're not going to be able to pay him and more about you're kind of a meatball and you don't really do <laughs> what you want you to do after right? so you're out of here. And those are the guys I, just, I can't see coming back, you know?
0: It, it, well, that's what I always kind of thought from it, too. So I was like... Yeah. You know that was that was another thing that that made no sense to me. Um, you know, running back wise, you know, maybe there's somebody out there. Maybe you know, the, the, I I was I was hoping against all hope that maybe Arizona would say screw it and trade da- David Johnson. You know, I would <laughs> I would to me you put David Johnson back in that. I mean, one a, a team that would actually use David Johnson would be absolutely. I, mean, I keep hearing Le'Veon Bell. I would be targeting David Johnson because one his cap number is such that you could actually fit him under the cap via trade. And two, like by the time Josh Rosen gets to anything, David Johnson's career is going to be over.
1: Would the rest of the NFL ever forgive the Cardinals if they traded David Johnson to the Patriots? I mean, I feel like they'd be blackballed forever. <laughs> I kind
0: of, I kind of agree with you, but I, I almost feel like that's going to be the case for anybody that trades anything to the Patriots anymore, right? Like just. Yeah. I I think that's just how it is. I, it, people just hold those grudges. They're like, oh, I'll pay. You know, Come do on, guys. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you, stop trading all the good. I mean, the Josh Gordon thing for you. That was another thing I wanted to mention to you. I have heard multiple conspiracy theories this morning. Now, uh, uh, we, we're all pretty much you know, of the of the ilk that, when it comes to who. Is uh, who's leaking things? You know, you have your you have your Brady Gronk side, your Brady Gronk media. You have your Belichick media, which my Belichick media is um, uh, usually Schefter and, and Rappaport. And then my other my other stuff like for Tom Curran that's usually Gronk and Brady you know like uh, uh, Edelman yeah Edelman like yeah those guys those are usually with him Uh, when it was Malcolm Butler it was Mike Giardi you know what I mean like you just know you know what I mean when Mm -hmm. when you follow the guys that do the features and you're like okay when these guys do features what are they going to do they're going to talk to this guy later and that's going to be your unnamed source okay no problem no big deal but last night before the game there was talk that Josh Gordon was late or tardy and was going to be punished, and sure enough, there's Josh Gordon out there for the first snap of the game. Yeah, Is he trying to find a leak? Did somebody pass out some bad information? And then, and then Belichick at the post is like, I don't know. I don't know who'd, who'd report that or why they'd report that. Yeah. I, you think that was kind of a, a red herring a little bit? I,
1: I, I would I would love to hear your, your, you his theories on this, because I've been racking my brain all morning trying to like figure out what the play is from the various angles. Uh, and I mean, and I think we talked about it over the off season. you know, I've I just been surprised over the last you know year or so where we've gotten a lot of like internal dissension leaks, you know, like that's always like they would pop up like every like other week, you know, all during the off season. like, oh, by the way, you know Gronk wasn't that happy in training camp or. Oh, by the way, last year, they had an argument once, you know, like all that kind of stuff kept coming out and you had the feeling that it was coming from the inside. but now something like this, I mean like maybe like, flush the leak that sounds like an interesting theory that yeah. you know could possibly make sense but you know from a, I mean i try to think about it you know belichick playing chess like what would be the play there of i'm going to leak this and gordon's going to be like oh crap i'm not playing and then oh no but you are like, like and then it's kind of like a message of like well don't do that again we're still going to play you know I, I don't know though it's uh it's an interesting kind of time and and the continued leaks that kind of are anti-patriots are have been fascinating to me. And I don't know, I'm just, because the local guys had seemed to confirm it as well. I think like Jeff Howe, uh, Kevin Duffy, they seem to be like, yep, yep, he was, you know, late to the plane and da-da-da-da. But then it's, no. So I, I don't know. I, I, it's tough to see an easy uh, explanation for how it all went down and why.
0: I also think too, when you're comparing the Boston, the, the Boston beat writer media, like to me, the Patriots ones, uh, the Patriots ones, I think because they have to work so hard to get information, I'm usually going to trust them a little bit more because I know that they're working. I know you, know, you know where the sources are like with the Red Sox, for example, it's an absolute hodgepodge. I can th- I think I can name about two guys that I would, uh, uh, or two people that I would trust, maybe three with Red Sox information the rest of it always seems like a little bit self-serving and a little bit wishful thinking. Oh, and yeah. then uh, Bruins wise Celtics wise never have any problems with them either. That's that you all usually very accurate and and they're doing the things that they're doing but you know the the things that that I've seen with with the Patriots here over the last couple of years with stuff leaking out and and getting there it's it's very odd. It's very peculiar but I guess Maybe inevitable because in this day and age of data and any, I mean, it's not like the old days where like, you know, you could only talk to these guys in the locker room. Now you can shoot them a text if you've got their number and, and boop, 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 or you talking to the agent? Are you talking to a representative? Are you talking? To, I mean, you can constantly be talking to people. It's not like the old days where you got to beep them and they got to leave their dinner party and go call you, you know, like you're going to get more information nowadays. I, I don't I don't think I, don't, I think as much as Belichick would like to. I don't think he can control everything in the room. And I think he knows that.
1: Yeah, I and mean, he's got a small staff, which you know is, is interesting. And and I and I, like I said, I don't. I mean, Jeff Howe says something. I, I you know I don't think in any world Jeff Howe is making anything up. You know I, you know same with Kevin Duffy now to the Boston Herald. Uh, you know Mike Reese. Uh, you know it, it's just funny because Mike Reese wrote this whole glowing article this weekend about how well Josh Gordon has assimilated, and then it was like you know not even 24 hours later, this whole thing kind of drops from Rappaport, and it's um, it's. It, It's really hard to read through. I mean, I'm interested to see how it kind of continues to play out. Uh, I was, you know, in the piece I wrote this morning, I was remembering, you know, when Welker got suspended for a few series against the Jets after the whole Rex Ryan foot thing, uh, you know, that wasn't leaked. I mean, we had no idea. And then all of a sudden it's like, hey, why isn't Welker playing here in the playoff game that we're about to lose, by the way? Uh, So it's definitely not the way they do business to, like, kind of let that stuff out. And, And I always tend to think that things happen for a purpose Unless there is some rogue leaker in the building that they're trying
0: to flush out, that was my theory. The rogue leaker. I I've heard. I, let's see. I've heard this morning that they think McDaniel's is the rogue leaker. There's a. I heard a thing this morning that McDaniel's and Belichick are having a power struggle, <laughs> and I'm like, really? Like Belichick actually met with him to. Keep him from going to Indianapolis, and now two months later, we're having a power struggle. This is this is where we're at currently. That's where their relationship is. Like I, I don't think so. None of this, may, none of, I, none of these conspiracy theories. Make I, I, people. I think just are trying to desperately throw thing throw things against the wall and hope to be right, so they could be like, "See, I'm the real Patriots insider." But yeah. I don't think anybody. The only the only real Patriots insider is Bill Belichick. Oh, that is. That is the truth. That is, that's the way I look at it. So Patriots in action, Sunday night football, just when you thought you could sleep again because the Red Sox had won the World Series. No, not the case. They'll be in action. It'll be Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady squaring off 12 versus 12 this Saturday night, uh, this Sunday night. This means you're going to have to put up with Chris Collinsworth, which I feel bad for everybody. So The mute button. I've hated Chris Collinsworth since... 1995. Every if t- I ever told you my why I hate Chris Collinsworth story, it's because of a Dolphins Patriots game in 1995. That was the year um, uh, Curtis Martin was a rookie, and he was rookie of the year. And he was amazing that year. But yet the Patriots, after going ten and six the year before, fell backwards to six and ten because they just they didn't have it that year. They took a step. They t- it was their step back year. You know, and we we talked about that earlier this year. I talked about that with the Yankees. I thought I was concerned. Uh, midway through the season it's going to be a step back year for them and it it was however you want to word it and in that game Chris Collins was, was doing the game the game was on NBC at the time and this is when they had the Saturday afternoon AFC stuff and Gene Atkins the former New Orleans Saint was the safety for the Dolphins that year and Gene Atkins is literally, well, Ben Coates is in the end zone. You know, you know how we all complain about how Rob is getting held and stuff like that. Like Gene Atkins was actually riding Ben Coates like he was, you know, doing the bucking Bronco thing and trying to hang on for eight seconds. Like he was all <laughs> over him, and the ball was nowhere near him. So Bloodsoe throws the ball to Coates because that's all Bloodsoe ever did when he got into the red zone. He's like, Okay, we're inside the 10. Where's Ben Coates? Five guys let him. I'll get it to Ben Coates. Gene Atkins is all over him. And Coates reaches for the ball, catches it, and flag goes up. I'm like, oh, wow, they're going to call it pass interference. No, they called an offensive pass interference. That was my, really my first lesson, and some of these officials really don't know what the hell they're doing, or they really obviously must be legally blind. And I'll never forget it because they showed the replay six times, and then out of the blue, Chris Collinsworth goes, Gene Atkins owns Ben Coates. And I'm like... What the hell are you watching? Like what? Where? Where are you? I don't care what he has done since. At that point in time, I'm like, I don't know what game you're watching, dude. But it ain't. It is not this one because I don't. I don't know what you just saw.
1: That sounds well worth a 23-year 20 grudge. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm
0: done with him. He can. He can go long walk, short pier. You know, take a dive off the cruise ship. I don't care. Do whatever you want, man. But I just. Gene Atkins owns Ben Coates. I will never ever forget that for as long. I, I've thought about making that a bumper sticker. Gene Atkins, and then maybe having Collinsworth sign it at some point. Be like, you know why <laughs> I dislike you? Get
1: it. <laughs> yeah, there'd be like
0: would be like six people in the world who got it. It'd be great. Uh, I,
1: I mean, I got to admit I, I just kind of zone out on the announcers a lot of. I I don't know. I just get so I do too. Wrong looking what i'm looking for I, I it just sounds like white noise to me especially the old phil sims ones where i would just be like wait what did he just say oh like, god this, it all goes over my head and then if the patriots are losing and it gets really bad i'm all about the mute button
0: yeah at, the, at that point you're you're right or at that point i'm like can i find the radio broadcast like i'm thinking about actually like maybe hiring could we maybe hire Susie colbert and andrea kramer just to do personal commentary for us like if i pay you can you just come here and just broadcast the game and then i don't have to do anything Mike Duso, Pats Propaganda, patspropaganda.com. Follow him all week long. He'll get you ready. He'll get you all recapped on the Bills game from last night and get you pumped up and ready to go for the Packers on Sunday Night Football. Mike, we will talk to you on Monday. All okay, right, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks. Thank, Thank you. you. That's Mike Duso from Pats Propaganda and patspropaganda.com. We're going to take a break. Cal Oaks from the Georgetown News Graphic and the Sun Journal will join us coming up. I'm sure we'll talk Red Sox, much to my chagrin. Reminder, tomorrow, Wing, Palmer, Billy D and the gang will all be down in Boston for the World Series parade. Excuse me. I can't. Every time I say that, I, I have to hold it back. I'm like, I mean, I have to hold it back hard, but, you know, I don't want to do that on the air for you guys. Anyways, a uh, reminder our friends at Northeast Charter and Tour are giving away two, that's right, count them, two seats to go down on the bus tomorrow. For the parade maybe maybe you can hand Mookie Betts the beer that he shotguns I don't know what will happen I don't know if that would be Mookie Betts or Rick Porcello could be either one hopefully Rick Porcello keeps his clothes on uh, unlike the post game celebration which we'll discuss in a little bit uh, find out more like 105.5 sports on Facebook and you can see how to enter there just like comment and share the post we'll be back more on the way be List daily spectrum partner studios across the MBR radio network W288CW1055FM Auburn W